Welcome to the Vet Coach Transition Tips Podcast, where you get real and practical advice on how to go from wearing boots to wearing a suit. We've got you covered on advice from writing resumes to killing it in an interview. Be sure to check out this podcast and more at transitionvetcoach.com. And now your host, former Navy Lieutenant Pat Bergstresser. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Vet Coach Transition Tips Podcast. This is your host, Pat Bergstresser. Thanks so much for joining us today. We are in the middle of the LinkedIn series, and there's going to be a lot of different episodes here where we talk about a lot of different things. So if you're just joining us, this is the third episode. The first episode was an overview of LinkedIn, why it's so important, and emphasizing the fact that there are two sections to this series. The first is getting your profile squared away. And the second is talking about how to use LinkedIn as a networking tool. And in my opinion, it is the most important networking tool when you're getting out because it allows you to reach out to people across the country and across the world. A lot of us are getting out when we're uh, deployed. You know, we're getting out as soon as we get back. That was my case. I was getting out a couple months after I deployed or came back from a deployment. Some of us are permanently stationed overseas, and as soon as we get back, we're out. Uh, whatever the case is, whether you're overseas or you're within the United States, LinkedIn allows you to network with anybody you want, find people across all kinds of different industries, all different kinds of roles. But before you do any of that, you need to have your profile squared away. And so the last episode, we talked about your profile photo and your background photo and our thoughts on those and how to go about doing that. What we're going to cover in this episode is what I'm calling the opener. And the opener is sort of a digital opener for you or an electronic opener for you. And that really encompasses four key aspects of your profile. The first is the headline. The headline sits directly beneath your profile photo. Whenever people are just looking at a lot of different information on LinkedIn, whether it's their feed, or they're looking at a list of candidates or whatever they're looking at, they're going to see your headline. Your headline is sort of your your intro pitch to who you are and what you're all about. It's 220 characters, and we're going to talk about how to leverage that to as much as possible so that when recruiters see your profile, they know what you're about, or when you're just networking in general, people can look at your profile and know that you're serious and, and get a pretty quick idea of who you are and what you do or what you're looking to do. The second piece is the URL. So on LinkedIn, when you just create your profile generally, it'll give you one of those scrambled URLs that's not easy to remember. But if you go back and listen to the resume series, we talked about the fact that you can create a custom URL for your LinkedIn profile. So we're going to actually talk through how to do that and talk about why it's important. After that is the open to work functionality. So this functionality has been on LinkedIn for a while. I've used it before when I was looking for jobs. But during COVID, LinkedIn created a new aspect of that functionality where you could actually add an open to work banner on your profile picture. And it's been somewhat controversial in the LinkedIn space. So we'll talk about that and our thoughts on if you should or shouldn't do that and and how to go about it. And then lastly, we'll talk about location. What location should you use? How do you think about the location tools on LinkedIn? And and if you go back and listen to the introductory episode for the LinkedIn series, I talk about how me having the right location setting on my profile enabled a senior executive at a company to find me and reach out to me about interviewing uh, with their company. So that's what the opener is. And those are the key aspects we're going to talk about today. The first is the headline. And this is one of the most important aspects of your of your profile. If your fr- most important is your profile picture, the next is your headline. Your headline basically is a 220 character limit way of telling people who you are and what you're all about. And there's two ways to go about using that headline. 
One is branding. And when I think of branding, I think of people who are happy in their job and they are just branding kind of who they are and what they are, they're all about. Anybody that's currently out of the military knows that people, they, they see it within a couple of weeks of being on the job. People leave companies, join new companies, happens pretty frequently. And so one of the benefits of LinkedIn is you can sort of keep a history of what you're doing and brand yourself over time so that if you do decide you want to leave your job or you find out about a new opportunity you want to pursue, everything you already have there is on your profile and you've developed this brand for yourself over time. And so even if you're not looking for a job, someone can still get an idea of, of what you're all about and they can reach out to you. And this happened for me recently, a, a startup a fintech startup out of New York City reached out to me. They were looking for a product manager who had experience in fraud and anti-money laundering. And at Capital One, I work in fraud and I deploy fraud models. I don't work in AML, but I work with them a little bit. So I have an idea of what AML does, anti-money laundering. And so the product manager reached out and wanted me to, to go through the interview process with them. I ultimately turned it down because I'm happy with what I'm doing. But he specifically asked me about my headline and also some of the stuff that was in my about section and also some of the stuff that was in my experience section. So it just goes to show you that recruiters really do read your profile and they really do look for keywords because he was asking about specific credit related terminology that I was using because the fintech is a financial company that works in the tech space and Capital One does a lot of tech work and it's financial services, of course. So because of the language I was using, he reached out to me and I didn't even have to search for that job. He just found me uh, and wanted to start the interview process. Once I found out more about it, I just was curious. I wasn't going to actually interview. Once I found out more about it, I just told him, hey, I don't want to waste your time. I'm actually not interested. But it was an interesting exercise in the importance of keywords and branding yourself appropriately on LinkedIn. And so that's one aspect is the branding purpose of your headline. The other purpose is for people who are actively searching. And when you're actively searching, you want to take a little bit of a different approach. And this is going to be most veterans who are getting out. You want to figure out how do you deliver and explain your value proposition as quickly and as concisely as possible. And in the military... You know, a lot of times you'll be in a presentation where you're briefing your CO or you're briefing your OPSO or you're briefing someone important. And sometimes you'll see this or you'll be in the situation where you're presenting and your CO might say, you know, get to the fucking point, right? Like, what's the bottom line? You know, a lot of times we have, uh, you know, military documentation that has bluff, bottom line up front. Like, people just want to know the bottom line. And so the headline is what you should think of is get to the the effing point. And you only have 220 characters. And so that should be your focus when you're writing this. And when you're actively searching, you want to be able to explain your value proposition and why you're a great candidate for whatever field it is you work in, um, or whatever field it is you're targeting, but you have to do it in a concise way. And so one example I want to pull up so you can kind of get an idea of what this looks like and, and what you should uh, sort of format your strategy based off of is we'll just take an example job. So I'm a product manager at Capital One. I'm a business manager and a product manager. I'm sort of in a, in a hybrid role. And product managers are the people at tech companies who actually manage the software that software developers are building. And they make sure that the product that is being built from a tech perspective is meeting the required goals of the business. And there's a lot of mediation in between, uh, just working with the tech team to figuring out how we're going to break down this problem, removing roadblocks, translating tech speak into business speak, 
managing timelines, working with other teams, uh, and being able to be sort of the conduit between a lot of those processes. And also, in a lot of times, product managers are responsible for the P&L, which is profit and loss, or like the financials behind a particular product, if that product is customer-facing and has some sort of revenue-generating function behind it. So there's a lot of different aspects of what product managers do, and it it varies between companies. But for this purposes, we're just going to use a quick example so you can get an idea of how would you take the fact that you're searching for a job and put your value proposition in your headline. And so we're looking, so right now I'm looking at a product manager job for Google Cloud at Google. And it's got the minimum qualifications, the preferred qualifications. I took all of that as well as about the job and I copied that. And then I went to monkeylearn.com slash word dash cloud. And you can just Google word cloud generator. This is the one I happen to find. And I took that job description and I pasted it in the text box for the word cloud. And then it created a word cloud based on the terms and words that were repeating the most amount of time. And so as I was going through this, it's going to show you some of the like words that repeat a lot but aren't important. One of like the most important word here is experience. You know, that's sort of implied. I mean, you can use that word if you want, but that doesn't really tell you anything. So when we start to dig down, we see product manager, functional team, product management, internal tools, innovative solutions, market strategy, uh, market potential, Google Cloud system, that's of course their product, strategic product roadmaps, Google Cloud security, business application platform. So these are kind of some of the terms that are per this word cloud repeating themselves within the job description. And that is important for two reasons. One, it's important to be in your resume and to be in your profile because those are the keywords that recruiters use when they're searching for jobs. But it's also important to have in your headline because when recruiters are scanning LinkedIn, recruiters aren't product managers themselves. They aren't in that specific field. So they know a decent amount about that role, but they haven't done it themselves. And so they use these keywords to guide their search. And so you should leverage these keywords. So if I wanted to be a product manager at Google, working in Google Cloud, I would look at job descriptions like this and build my headline based off of it. And so what I did is I took those keywords and I wrote a headline. And so my headline is Cloud Product Manager, so if I worked in, in cloud, and, and for the most part, anybody who's working in product management these days is working in a cloud, just FYI. So I have cloud product manager, and then I do the bar. It's like a slash, but it's straight up and down. It's a bar. It's on every keyboard. You can find it. And you'll see this is that use of that symbol is really common on LinkedIn headlines. And it's just a way to distinctly separate what you're putting in your headlines. So cloud product manager, bar, build high-performing functional teams, bar, develop and execute strategic go-to-market strategy, which is one aspect of a product manager, is figuring out how do you take something and bring it to the market, and then bar, and then the last section is deliver innovative customer solutions through secure cloud-based BAP platforms, which is business application platforms, uh, which is BAPs are a term you'll hear in the cloud space. Uh, And it's just delivering applications basically to a cloud platform. And so using that terminology, now my headline Anybody that is looking to fill a product manager role in the cloud is going to see a lot of the terms that they're looking for. And anybody who actually works in cloud and works in product management is also going to understand this. So it's not purely a keyword play. It's also telling you specifically what I'm an expert in and what I want to do. And so if I'm looking for a job, that's just one example of how you can go about it. One thing I want to say on that I see a lot of veterans do 
and this is a really controversial topic, is they put the words transitioning veteran in their headline. I'm going to give you news. Nobody gives a shit. Nobody cares that you're a transitioning veteran. It doesn't add value to anybody. No company is out there saying, I want to find a transitioning veteran because they're the best at this particular type of job. They just aren't. And veterans need to be honest with their sums about that. You are not harder working than civilians. I was absolutely blown away at how hardworking civilians were when I got out. Veterans have a lot of unique qualities that can make them stronger than other candidates in certain ways, but you are not special at all. Now, if you want to work in government contracting or you want to go work for the government, you are going to have more skills than a lot of people. And depending on where you're interviewing and if you work there before as a veteran, you might have a really, really, really high level of subject matter expertise and know your way around that place better than most people. But generally, when you're applying for jobs, you are not special and nobody cares that you're a transitioning veteran. And so personally, I'm really anti-transitioning veteran in your headline because it's taking away real estate that you could be using to deliver your value proposition because at the end of the day, that's all anyone cares about. There are companies out there that do look at veterans and are interested in hiring veterans, but most of the time they're working with headhunting agencies that find them veterans. So if they want veterans, they will go find them and they'll go about it. I don't think you need to take up space in your headline to tell people that you're a transitioning veteran because if you think about it, it's not a value add. It's not adding any value. Nobody's saying, hey, I need to fill this job with a transitioning veteran because they're the only people that know how to do this particular job. That's not a thing. So I'm really, really anti-transitioning veteran because honestly, nobody gives a shit and it just wastes space. You can put veteran all over your profile. You can even put veteran in your headline. I'm not anti-veteran in your headline, but I am anti-transitioning veteran because it basically says, I don't have any private industry experience and you're going to have to take a risk on me. And that's not the message you want to send. You want to send the message, I know what the fuck I'm doing. I'm a really awesome subject matter expert in this particular thing, and here's how I can deliver value to your business and to your bottom line. That's the message you want to send, not you're going to take a risk on me. Because when people read Transitioning Veteran and they have any clue of what veterans are in the military, they know that means, hey, I'm probably going to be taking a risk. Because you may or may not be able to transition from the military environment to the private sector where things are just a little bit different inherently. Having said that, I am not anti-veteran. Like I said, if you want to put veteran in your headline, you can. I actually recently took it out of mine. Because just like transitioning veteran, what value does veteran have in my headline? I'm, I'm absolutely proud that I'm a veteran, and I'm glad that I served, and I wouldn't trade that experience for anything. But if I'm applying for product manager jobs or business analyst jobs, whether it's at Capital One or somewhere else... Nobody cares. It's not like they're like, I'm looking for a veteran who was also a, who is also a product manager. That's not a thing, right? Like if I'm networking with people, they're going to see through my profile that I'm a veteran and, and, and if that's a way for us to connect. But to me, I just felt like it wasn't really adding any value to say I'm a veteran in my headline because it's just not, I just didn't think it was adding value. Having said that, lots of people have it in their headlines and I'm not anti it at all. If that's how people want to brand themselves and they feel like it's part of their identity in a way that they want to exemplify through their headline, by all means do it. And I have no issues with anybody doing it. And at the end of the day, it's your profile. You can do whatever the hell you want. But transitioning veteran, I'm totally against. I don't think it helps you and I think it hurts you. Here's another thing I see. A lot of 
transitioning veterans try to translate their titles and translate what they do. And you do need to translate, but you need to be really careful about how you do it. If you were a company commander or a commanding officer or a sergeant major or a command master chief, whatever your role is, do not walk around talking about how you're a senior executive or a chief executive officer, chief financial officer, chief operating officer. You are none of those things. And in the private sector, it's totally totally different than the military. If you start walking around saying that you're a chief executive officer, you are sending a completely different message than whatever it is you did in the military. There, it, like, Here's a perfect example. The executive officer in the Air Force is typically like an 04, and they're sort of like an aide to an 06. So like a lot of times, you'll in, if people in the Air Force are familiar with wings, wings is like an 06 level command, and that 06 will have an executive officer who is sort of their aide, but also like handles a lot of things for them. That's not anywhere close to a chief executive officer, and it's not even remotely similar to what executives do at companies. Another example of EXO is in the Navy. EXOs are usually like the second in command, still not an, an executive, and still not doing the same thing as what a chief executive officer would do. So, really, it really, really makes me feel sad when veterans do that on their profiles because they're sending the wrong message and they're actually saying, I have no fucking clue what I'm talking about. Because as soon as you look at your their profile, it's very obvious that they never were a chief executive officer. They never were an executive. They never were a C-suite level. I see that a lot, C-suite. They've never done any of that. They've never actually even been to a C-suite. But they think because they were at the senior levels of the military that they all of a sudden are on that level. And they just aren't. You just aren't. And you just need to be really careful about how you translate. You can translate your experience. You can translate your roles in a way that doesn't sound stupid uh, and doesn't sound naive, but you just need to be careful about how you do it. Do not go out there claiming that you're a certain level of uh, particularly those senior executive levels, unless you actually were an executive in a private company, which in that case, you probably don't need to be listening to this podcast if you're already out and you're doing stuff like that. So that's just one word of caution I want to throw out there because I do see veterans do it somewhat frequently on LinkedIn, and I just think people need to be really careful about that. The last thing I want to add on the headline is just circling back to when you're actively searching. You know, We talked about the example with the product manager. Whenever you're getting out and you're actively searching, Again, like I mentioned, you need to deliver that value proposition in the headline. And if you can, you want to exemplify whatever the results are that you drive. And the easiest way to do this, in my opinion, is just take one of the bullets from your from your experience section that you can write in a very succinct way that demonstrates whatever job it is you or job field it is you want to work in. So for example, if you are a project manager, a lot of veterans getting out brand themselves as project managers, which I'm actually kind of against because project managers can do like 8 million things in the private side. And I think it takes some introspection and some serious research to figure out what kind of project manager you want to be. I said I was a project program manager and like 98% of all veterans say the same thing. But unfortunately, it just takes some time and some real research to figure out what it is you actually want to do. Uh, because there are a lot of project manager roles out there, but there's a lot of other things you can do just by having project management experience. But nonetheless, let's say you're getting out your project manager. One ex- like a, a, a quick example of something you could put in your headline. You could say, 
expert project manager do the bar and then executed high visibility $60 million project ahead of schedule and under budget shaving 12% off of estimated cost or estimated budget. Something like that. It quickly says you were working on a high visibility project. It was a $60 million budget, which in uh, construction or whatever field you might be working in might show that you can handle really high value projects. And you shaved, you did, you delivered it ahead of schedule and under budget by 12%. That gives some quantifiable metrics that says, hey, you executed a high level and it gives people a scale of your level of responsibility. And so that's just an example similar to sort of the product management. The product management one, I didn't have any metrics in there. And this is an example of where you would have some metrics so that when people see your headline, they just immediately know one example of how you provide value. And that value prop is done in the context of whatever field it is you work in or want to work in. And so just something to keep in mind as you're building that headline. The next thing we want to cover is the URL. So whenever you go to LinkedIn, sometimes you go to profiles and you'll notice that in the URL it has their name. And that's because they've taken advantage of the ability of LinkedIn to customize your own URL. So if you go to linkedin.com slash in slash, that's the prefix for anybody's profile. So for instance, mine is linkedin.com slash in slash Patrick Dash Bergstresser. So if you just type that in, it'll take you straight to my profile. And then that link makes it very easy to put on your resume and for people to be very easily find you on LinkedIn. More than likely, they'll just probably search your name and LinkedIn and it'll pull up. But if they did want to type in that specific URL, they could and it would take them straight to your profile. And it's just a really quick, easy way to kind of continue to work on your branding. And so the way that you go about this is you pull up your LinkedIn profile, and on the top right-hand side, when you're looking at your profile, you're going to see a section that says Edit Public Profile and URL. So you click that link, and it'll take you to a public profile settings. And this is basically showing you what your profile looks like when someone comes to it and they're not actively logged into LinkedIn. And so this kind of gives you an idea of of the experience someone might see if they weren't logged into LinkedIn. On the right-hand side, you can go to the top and it'll say customize or edit your custom URL, personalize the URL for your profile. So right below, you click that and you can change it to whatever you want. And that way, you can change it. I would just recommend first dash last or some, you know, if you have a common name, you might have to get creative user middle initial, something like that. But just use something that's very professional and is an easy way for people to get to your profile. It's a quick little hack, but it can pay off when people are trying to find you and it just shows that you've kind of got your shit together. While you're on this page, it's worth taking a look at your edit visibility section. That's just below the customized URL. If you scroll down, you'll see edit visibility. You want to make sure your profile's public visibility is on and you want to do the public option. So beneath that, you'll see basic, which is required, and then profile photo. You can either show your profile photo to only first-degree connections, your network, all LinkedIn members are public. I highly recommend you do public, and I highly recommend beneath that all the toggles where you can either turn them on or off. You turn all of them on to show because you want to make this thing as public as possible. If you have privacy concerns, obviously do whatever you're comfortable with. But if you're out there looking for a job, it's LinkedIn, it's professional. You shouldn't have PII or anything personal on there anyway. This is a good way to just make sure you're out there. So when people are searching Google, Googling your name, 
They can get drawn to your LinkedIn pretty quickly because all of this will be out there available for the search engines to find. And so I just highly, highly recommend that. But again, if you're concerned about privacy, by all means, uh, you don't need to. The next section I want to talk about is the open to work functionality. So if you go to your profile, underneath it, you'll see a blue button that says open to. And if you click that, you have two options. One is finding a new job or hiring. So if you're a hiring manager, which if you're listening to this, you probably aren't, that's what hiring managers can do so that they can show people on LinkedIn they're hiring. In our case, we're talking talking about transitioning out of the military. The other option is finding a new job. So click that. This functionality has been there for a while. People didn't know about it. It wasn't as well advertised. I've used it before. And you can basically go in here and you can say what job titles you're interested in, what job locations you're interested in, and then what your start date is, and then what type of jobs you're looking for, full-time, contract, part-time. Most of most of you are going to be looking for full-time. So those are sort of the options. Now, historically, this has always been a, a functionality that LinkedIn has had for several years. I've used it before. And what you're essentially doing here is you're telling recruiters that you're available. When recruiters are searching, they see different categories of candidates when they're searching, and one of them is open to work. Those are people actively looking. And so they know that if they message them, they're less likely to be wasting their time than if they message someone who's not actively looking. And so it's a good way to tell recruiters, hey, I'm out there and I'm looking. The only issue with that can be if you're already out and you're at a job and you don't want your current employer to know you're looking. More than likely, most big companies don't care. Like They know that people change. Nobody's going to hold a grudge against you. When I've had people on my team leave Capital One and go to new jobs, we take them out to lunch. We send them off. Like you know, We're very happy for them. It's, it's not a negative thing at all. They're just going off and doing something else that's new. Some companies might not be quite that way. When I left my first job, uh, which was a manufacturing company... People that I worked with day-to-day were really nice, but management didn't even reach out to me. I knew them very well. Nobody really cared. It was sort of like I was leaving the family, which isn't exactly how most companies are, but that's how that was. And so sometimes you just want to be careful about how much you're broadcasting that you're open to work. If you just do this core functionality, which has been around for a while, it's not going to tell anybody other than recruiters. And LinkedIn does say in here that they try to they try to hide it from your own company's recruiters, but they don't have any guarantees. And that's probably just because of how recruiters configure their profiles. If they configure their profile that they're from, you know, company A and you configure that you're currently working at company A, it won't show them that you're available. But obviously they don't make guarantees because it it may not always work out perfectly. But they do attempt to do that. However, there's a new option that came out during COVID where you can actually show that you're open to work to all LinkedIn members. And the difference there is it puts a green banner that says open to work along the side of your picture. And this came out during COVID, and it was really controversial within the LinkedIn community. A lot of people were posting whether they thought it was good or bad. I'm going to tell you right now, I don't think it's good. I think it looks like you're desperate, and I don't think it really adds a lot of value. Because at the end of the day, recruiters are able to find you. They know you're open to work. I think it looks a little desperate. And at the end of the day... Nine times out of 10, you're going to find a job because of the work you put in, not because you had an open to work on your on your profile photo. Now, that's just my opinion. If you want to put it on there, by all means, I'm just telling you my personal opinion. When I see that, it looks a little bit desperate to me. Not that I wouldn't hire if I was a hiring manager, not that I would hold that against somebody, but that's just kind of how it comes off. Um, and so if you're a transitioning veteran, I would just think hard about that choice. Think about if you came across someone's profile and it said that. 
It's not a bad thing, but I don't know if I would say it's a good thing either. Just something to consider. Again, a very divisive topic in the LinkedIn community when this came out. There was, I would say, ease, very obviously 50%, 50% pro, 50% against. But again, up to you. Personally, I wouldn't do it because really who you need to let know you're open to work is recruiters, and they're going to know that just through the core functionality. They don't need the photo, but again, totally up to you. The last thing we're going to cover is location settings. So on LinkedIn, you have the ability to set your location. And if you go to the profile page, you go to your background photo, right beneath that is a little pencil, and you click that, and that's where you edit your name, your headline, your current position, all these other things. And if you scroll down, you'll see a section where you can input your country region, so you put the United States. If you're overseas, put the United States. You're going to be working in the U.S., unless you're trying to work internationally. But put the United States, then postal code of wherever it is you're going to be looking for a job, and then the... And then the next section is locations within this area. So once you put in the postal code, it's going to ask you, like, what area do you want to display? So for example, my postal code is 23112. I live in the Richmond area in Virginia. And when I put in that postal code, it gives me two options. I can either put Chesterfield, Virginia, which is the county I live in, or I can do the Greater Richmond region. I go with Greater Richmond Region because, I don't, well, one, I don't think it's really relevant that people know that I live in Chesterfield County, but two, it just shows people very quickly that, hey, if you're in Richmond, I'm also in the Richmond area too. I don't live in the city of Richmond, which is like 15 minutes from me. I live in a, you know, a suburb outside the city, but I'm in that same region, so generally if I was looking for jobs in the area, I don't really care it's as long as it's in the Richmond area. And so that's something to keep in mind and something to do. Now, If you are stationed somewhere and you plan on getting a job somewhere else, put the location of where you plan on going. So for example, one of my buddies at my last job, he was, we were both working in Frederick, Maryland, and he put Charlotte, North Carolina metro area or Charlotte metro area on his profile because he was actively looking for jobs in Charlotte and he ended up getting a job at Bank of America. And so that way, whenever he was talking to a recruiter or he was looking on online on LinkedIn, people knew that he was going to come to a job in Charlotte. And they don't, you know, when you interview, it's they're going to find out you're not actually there, but you don't want to self-disqualify. And so you want to make sure that you're in the area where people are looking. So if recruiters are looking in their area, which they often do, they reach out to you and that brings you opportunities. And then you can negotiate later on if they're going to help you cover the cost of moving or if you're going to pay for it yourself or whatever it is you're going to do. But just something really important to keep in mind is wherever you are looking for a job or wherever you're most focused, put that location so that recruiters in that area find you as an an option and you can figure out how you're going to move later on. If you still have your final move from the military or if you're trying to negotiate it with the employer, you can figure all that out later. Just don't say no to yourself. Let someone else say no to you. Another story along this line is I got my current job because somebody at Capital One was searching for analysts and she was searching within the DC metro area. And I talked about this on the first episode of this podcast. I, at the time, lived in Frederick, Maryland, which is on, if you're familiar with the D.C. area, Frederick, Maryland's west, northwest of the city, and it's on the outskirts of where commuters typically commute from. People commute from from Frederick, and I did for a while, but it's kind of on the outskirts of the D.C. metro area. However, I knew that it 
gives me more value to show that I'm in the DC metro area where a ton of jobs are rather than Frederick, Maryland, where there aren't that many jobs. And so I specifically put the DC metro area because I knew that opportunities, much more opportunities were likely to come my way by having that than having Frederick, Maryland. And as a result, when Capital One was recruiting, which is in McLean, Virginia, pretty far from Frederick, I got reached out to because my location was set as Washington, D.C. metro area. So as for all they know, I could live one mile from the office. And so as a result, I got a message. I talked with this person. We had a great conversation, and everything unfolded from there. And obviously, now I work there. So all that to say, location is really important on your profile. And so give it some serious thought about where you want that location to be. I also recommend, kind of similar along the lines of Frederick, Maryland, if you live anywhere close to a metro area and that's where you want to get a job, just put the metro area because you, you want to know you want to know what the opportunities are for wherever it is you're going to be. And if you're already close to where you're going to be, you know, don't put a little town outside of San Antonio, put San Antonio or put Dallas, Fort Worth metro area, whatever it is. So a little bit of a detail, but I think it's really important to make sure that you're finding and getting offers for the right types of opportunities. So that's it for today. Again, that was the opener And we covered kind of the important parts of your digital or electronic opener on LinkedIn, specifically the headline, the URL, the open to work functionality and the location. Hopefully it was beneficial. Again, you can always hit me up at pat at transitionvetcoach.com. You can go to our website where we have blog posts and these podcasts and all kinds of other stuff. Thanks so much for listening. We end every podcast with my favorite quote that I feel exemplifies the transition. It is a Winston Churchill quote which goes, success is not final, failure is not fatal, it is the courage to continue that counts. You're not going to get every job you apply for, and even though you get a great job, you might be a year or two into it and want to move on, and so that success is not final. Keep that in mind as you go through this. You're going to get a lot of no's. You will get a yes, and you will find something that works great for you, and whenever you're ready to move on, you'll do it. A lot of us veterans have already moved on from our first jobs, and there's nothing wrong with that. And if anything, we've learned quite a bit going through the experience. That's all we have today. Thanks for listening. As always, again, you can hit me up at pat at transitionvetcoach.com. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you guys next time. You've been listening to the Vet Coach Transition Tips Podcast. For more transition tips and content, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and check out transitionvetcoach.com. Thanks so much for your service and all you do. As always, if you have any questions, email Pat directly at pat at transitionvetcoach.com.